I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. And you're listening to Going Offsides, presented by the Lacrosse Collective on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. <laughs> it was it's monday night man we had our first uh first um contact practice today with 25 guys is that yeah it's interesting so have you split your team up into like half basically and running it like that or, or how are you doing it yeah we had to we have a 60-man roster um so we had to split it basically for the first two phases in the groups of 10 um, and, and go from there. But now we split it right in half, but then there's like, you know, there's always some injured reserve guys and guys that yeah. just can't, can't go. So it, it, it balances out where you get 25 and 25 and some guys are on IR and, and stuff like that, but it, it, you know, it all works out. So it's, it's good so far. I mean, obviously today was the first day, but mm-hmm. you know, at least, at least you're doing something, man. You know I mean? It's yeah. Just, it's, it's wild out there, you know. Who knows? Yeah. Nobody yeah. knows. Well, let's jump right into it. And so, cool. obviously, when you started off at Florida Southern, you were an assistant, right, for one year. Yeah, um, I was an assistant at Southern the second year of the program. So I got hired in '09, November. Um, so I'm on year eleven now. Okay. This this, uh, this November. And so, I mean, the first. I mean, for a long time, the rosters have never been quite what they have been the last couple of years. So, like you said, you have a 60-man roster this year. And from the looks of the roster, there's no place you won't recruit from. So, where where does that come from? He's finally I think getting smart and going to the island. <laughs> I, you know, I'm telling you, I tell coaches all the time that, that start out, they're like building programs and they're trying to figure stuff out. I say, you know, if you want Long Island, you got to you gotta go to Long Island get them so you gotta you gotta be on the island and actually have a physical presence there um so we made a you know i made a a a conscious effort to get on the island early and in in my career and and learn it from coach whipple when he started out you know kind of giving me the maps and figuring out where the spots were and um you know talking about which kind of schools we we would attract kids from and, and so on and so forth because you know when you start out sometimes it's like oh i need all the crabs guys I need like yeah. all the sweet lacks like national, like, like you're not going to get some of those guys. Like your D2 startup program in Lake Florida, like you got to be smart about what you're going after. So, and, and, you know, Ryan, you, you have experience with that too, when you started Link Memorial. So, you, you know, you know, kind of the, you know, the bare bones of what that looks like. So um, yeah, it was interesting. It was, it was, uh, it was recruiting friends, man. I mean, when I, when I got out to the Island and I mean, you know, Harrogate, Tennessee is not Lakeland, Florida. So, I mean, we all have our challenges, right? So, yeah. was, um, you know, thankfully, I think, and, and you're like that too, man. You know, you've built great relationships with people over time and you've leveraged a lot of those relationships to help build your program into what it is now. And I mean, um, you know, it's uh, it's awesome to see. I know you got some studs on that team, man. You, you know, I know, um, you know, last year was last year, but I know a bunch, most of those guys are coming back and, um you know, I'm excited to see what you guys are going to do this year. I mean, I know 60 guys is a lot of guys, yeah. you know, I mean, and, yeah. um, you know, managing them all. I mean, that's talk a little bit about that. I mean, with everything going on and the restrictions you might have, how is it, how has it been from, you know, uh, a work life balance for you this fall with, uh, you know, managing multiple groups of guys and, you know, just getting through everything with the fall. I mean, I think it's been a, I mean, it's been a whirlwind really, you know, I had my, you know, we had our daughter, you know, August 26th, you know, got done with the summer, you know, running the uh, national D2 camps in August. We had to push those back. We had, you know, we, we scrunched three in in 10 days in three different cities. Um, I actually did a road trip for that. Drove from Lakeland to St. Louis to St. Louis to Philly to Philly to Charlotte back to Lakeland. So that was a, that was a, <laughs> but we got it done, you know, and, and, and then, uh, you know, having baby girl, you know, after that and then school, you know, my guys moved in and then just trying to just manage everything that you had, you had to kind of, you, you had to hit it full speed, full sprint. It was like, you turn the treadmill on, you know, 15 and start running and just keep going. And and I think the biggest thing is like our maturity level as a program now is, is like the culture of, of what we need is there. And that means that, 
you know, I don't have to be there all the time to make sure they're doing the work and, and having two full-time assistant coaches helps uh, a ton, you know, especially at the D2 level. Um, that's a big deal. And uh, Coach Macario is, uh, you know, been with me for four years now, so he's experienced enough where he can take a lot of that. And then, um, you know, Coach Lubes is, is is getting in there and he's, you know, still, you know, still just sinking his teeth into things at the NCAA level. But he played for me, you know, so he knows the deal. And, um, you know, it, it's just like the support staff, right? Like you, you, it, it takes a village. You know, it's, it's just everybody has to be on board and everybody knows that, you know, we're in a tough spot with with a large roster on campus dealing with the COVID-19, you know, protocols, but, but we're doing what we can. And, you know, we're very optimistic about our approach. So it's good. And then I have a question because obviously Ryan and I don't have to deal with this anymore being high school coaches. Now, how has this affected scheduling for this year? Are you, you know, obviously you have your, your conference schedule. Are you trying to do your non-conference stuff pretty close to home so that you can avoid any, you know, big trips, any long bus times or, and all that stuff? Yeah. R- right now we're not going out of state. So okay. right now we're just scheduled. Um, <clears throat> as of today, we have a couple teams in conference that we're playing twice and, and then we're playing our conference schedule. You know, that's what, that's what was, you know, I think in May I made that decision with a lot of those teams, I, I just told like, you know, I think we had Queens on the schedule. We we're supposed to go up there, a couple other teams. And, and we we're just like, like, we're not even going to try and work it out. Like, I'm just going to pull out of this thing. Cause I don't know what it's going to look like. So for, you know, our conference, we don't know what that's going to look like yet. It could turn into just a conference only with some home and aways with some other teams, or it could be open to whatever you want, you know, and then, and then conference, only you know mm-hmm. like you play your conference game still so we're waiting on the ad's and presidents to make a decision on that so we're just kind of in a wait and see period now but that 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 seems to be the trend right now where where people are going so yeah absolutely it's better to get ahead of it i think be a little cautious that way you're not canceling a whole bunch of games i mean for my high school schedule we're playing the conference and then two teams in our city and that's that's it you know we're we're yeah. allowed 18 we're only playing 10 because yeah, I'm not I mean, going to cancel everything. Just, just doesn't seem. Yeah. No, what's the point? Yeah, for sure. Ryan. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, we went through it a couple weeks ago. With I was coaching the Long Island team at Under Armour, and and you know they 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 just changed the travel advisory overnight. So it went from being a two day trip in Virginia Beach to you know, a bunch of people in the tri-state area pulling out of the tournament and not being able to do it and all that other stuff. So, I mean, you know, kudos for you, man, for having that, that, you know, the, the vision to see, like, it was something that, Hey, let's be smart about this moving forward. And, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to kind of change. There, there are some unique challenges still yet ahead. So, I mean, yeah. in terms of recruit, in terms of recruiting, were you able to get out at all this year or did you just, did you just do stuff in state? Were you traveling at all? I didn't. I haven't done anything like but fall. our D two showcases in the fall. We're not okay. technically allowed to travel. Like we're not the 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 budget's not mm-hmm. paying for it. Sorry mm-hmm. about that. I got the yep. emails. Um, yeah. Watch no out, worries. buddy. Watch out. Bam, bam, bam. No worries. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, technically, you know, technically we're not supposed to to go out. But like you know, there's stipends available for our guys. They're they're able to to get out and travel. I'm staying home just cause I got to, yeah. you know, we have the new baby and just trying to get used to used to everything. We're running a little tournament this weekend, um, you know, in plant city. Yeah. It's got a, high, a lot of high school teams. Um, you know, we, we, me and my partner, Matt Casey uh, with Florida lax classics, we, we started some, yep. some, some uh, tournaments a couple years ago, three years ago. And we've been running a summer and a fall classic for two, three years straight and just really, attracting a lot of good teams from the state of Florida that want to come and compete at a, at a, at a good tournament. So we're running that this weekend. So I'll get a look at some kids there, but you know, I'm running down to, I think pinnacle in the, um, in IMG in a couple of weeks with the U S club guys, um, doing some writing for those guys over the new year holiday with the youth over in uh, Kissimmee. So that should, that, yeah, that should be fun. That's I'm awesome. excited for that and seeing, you know, interviewing some players, figuring out some stuff there and just kind of broadening my horizon as well and and figuring out ways to stay busy during this time because it's, you know, keep you, you know, your brain just starts going, you know what I mean? So it's 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 wild. 
But um, but yeah, no no recruiting for me. My assistants are up and out, and uh, really a lot of our stuff's just visits on campus right now. Gotcha. Yeah, that's good stuff. So let's dive into it. I, I've been meaning to ask you this, and Ryan and I were talking about it. So obviously, you talked about your culture um, across society in general, but also specifically sports right now. You know, diversity and inclusion is a big thing. How are you approaching that within your program specifically? Well, I, I think we've always been an inclusive program regardless. Like we've always been one of those programs that doesn't, you know, turn their turn their nose up to someone and say, you know, you're not good enough to be here. And and uh, I'm a big walk-on guy and it doesn't really matter what your background looks like, what club team you play for, what part of the country you're from. You you, you hit the nail on the head early in the, in the convo about, you know, just recruiting all over the country and finding the right guys. So for me, nothing's really changed. I mean, I'm, I'm as blue collar as it gets, you know, from Syracuse, New York. And, you know, just my background is, you know, half Native American, half Irish kid from the South side, you know, who had to, you know, go to city school his whole life and figure his way out. And, and in, in an area where like not a lot of city school kids go play lacrosse, like, you know, and, um, <clears throat> it was uh in interesting for me you know like the the journey to get down here and you know fighting a lot of different battles along the way um you know just kind of like i think it grew me to be just more of an inclusive type of coach regardless so like when i look at lacrosse i don't i don't see you know i see some guys that are kind of cut you know like i was cut you know growing up but like it's few and far between in the lacrosse world you know and and that was one thing that I had to kind of have a wake up call on early in my career was just like, you're really, you're not like some of these guys. Like you didn't have, you know, you didn't go to private school your whole life. You didn't have everything handed to your whole life. You didn't, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. But it's like, there's certain things where I had to work a little bit more to get to where, where I got to, you know, where I am now. And, um, you know, I try and try and, I try and recruit that too. And some guys as well, you know, like we like the outliers a little bit. We like the guys that are getting a little overlooked and uh, you know, one of our guys in the right now in the, in the program, Jeff Atlas was one of those guys and coach, I know you coached him on Long Island team. I mean, like, you know, he was as outlier yeah. as it gets and the kid scores game winning goal in the count, you know, at Long Island championship and comes in. He's yeah. His dad just is crushing as it gets and comes from a, a tough, yeah, tough family. Man, they're they're great people. His dad was my brother's uh phys ed teacher, his mom was actually my phys ed teacher, and then I ended up coaching yeah. with him. And then the guy who he's the J, he's the JV coach at Hop Hog, and Conan was my high yeah. school coach, and the guy was in my yeah, life. so so it's like, yeah, like you know, it's like you know how it goes, man. It's like it's a small world, but like. There are so many people, few and far between, like you said, that are cut from a similar mold like that. Like, yeah, you know, it's uh, you see a lot of people now, you know, getting into coaching now is a lot different than, you know, say when you or I started. Yes. Um, those jobs yes. were few and far between. You had to, you know, you had to make a lot of sacrifices to in order to kind of pay, you know make a living out of this. Right. Yeah. Like it, 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 it's like the uh, I love the the volunteer job when it was really <laughs> affluent in the in the world right like it's yeah. like or director of ops you know like all this stuff and it's great uh, I love it, man <laughs> you did, did you do that yeah i did like, i did director of ops at detroit mercy so see you so you know and 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 it's like what you were with uh coach cologne there chris yeah he or, was still the assistant coach that was the year we won the mac with okay holtz and we Holt, yeah. we almost beat notre dame and yeah then you guys shocked a lot of people with that it was man. a good year to be there honestly yeah ballers up there man you guys were tough man i mean detroit <laughs> well, mercy it's not you like... talk about culture right like that <laughs> that was the culture was i mean yeah. i still and on the inside of our conference championship ring it says party on like that was the it. whole rocket colin definitely go. drove that culture it was it was interesting i mean we didn't have helmet stickers until the conference tournament our See? players ordered them through somebody i think I through it. jerry and they got overnighted to us and we put the home stickers it. on in the hotel. See, that's the, that's cool. Like, I, I love that, you know, and, and that's like not to knock a die, uh, you know, an ops guy. It's just like, mm -hmm. you know, the, the way to get to where you need to get to is way different, yeah. you know, and it's, uh, 
you know, you kind of got to be happy with what you got sometimes, you know, and I think in mm-hmm. D2, it's like that world of, it's almost that in-between land in lacrosse, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like D, yeah. D1 is D1, D3 has this rep already, and then D2 is like, oh, yeah, well, it's D2. It's like well, there's some really good people in D2 now. Well, you, you know, know it's different. And, and I mean, let's even talk about that. Like D2, when when you were at Limestone and I was at Adelphi, is a lot different than D2 is now. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, when I walked into Adelphi, it was like, you know, the misfits. Like these are like yes. the D1 failouts. Um, <laughs> guys that ended up back at the island for whatever reason. It's not a knock, man. Adelphi. It's real talk, man. Were, were great second chance places for a yes. lot of guys. A lot of guys got degrees. A lot yep. of your gym teachers on Long Island, they all got their degrees <laughs> at Adelphi. Yep. So, you know, yep. you can't knock them. You know, a lot of your guys that are patrolling the streets and keeping people safe played lacrosse at Adelphi yep. and Post and all those places. But, yep. I mean, even a little bit like, you know, I mean, you know, for you, um, you know, playing at Limestone, playing at a place like that, a place that has so much history. And obviously, you know, they've continued to be successful. You that know, was crazy. Bit, yeah. Talk like, a little bit about like your journey from where it was when you got there, um, uh, you know, to, to where, you know, from D2, from when you got to D2 to where it is now. I mean, even for me, it's like, I look back and I'm like, damn, like it, it's the, way the different. Level, it's the levels way higher. I mean, it's just incredible. Like, any team you go against now has guys like yep. in, in, in the past, it was like, you know, we were limestone. We had guys, they didn't, yeah. but we did, you know? So yeah. it was like, <laughs> now it's just like every single game's a game. Every single game guys are going to come out and have, have some guys that can play. Maybe they don't have three lines or three top attackmen. Maybe they have one top attackman and three good middies, you know, on offense, they maybe yep. have a good defenseman. You know, but those guys are pretty good. Like the top guys that they have are good. And um, I think that that's the biggest thing is the parity in the in D2 has just been, you know, amplified with the recruiting and, and you know, with with most of the Division two coaches are full time now. You yeah. know, back in the day, they were part time guys. You know, they'd come to practice in the afternoon after they got done with teaching school or whatever they were doing. And and now it's now it's totally different. Now it's totally different. And uh you know, I think the Sunshine State Conference is a prime example of that. The SAC's a prime yeah. example yeah. of that. You know, and, and uh, you know, even like the Northeast Ten now. Look at, I mean, how strong all those teams are in the Northeast mm-hmm. Ten now. And and you, you can go down the line, and you got schools out in Missouri, you know, in Kansas yeah. City, and and that are Colorado Mesa, and these the, yep. some of these the RMAX and the GLVCs and the GMAX and all these conferences that have popped up, and and it, then even. It, even these new schools that are adding, like yeah. you, take, you take a U Indy, for example, yeah, you know, they start up a program and and just the level of commitment, yeah, whether it be scholarships, facilities, yeah. budget, um, it's just it's night and day. It really it's just is. different. It's different. It's not you know it's 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 as close as you can get to to big time that you mm-hmm. and it's up to the coaches in the program, obviously the administration to want to get behind that, right? Yep, but like absolutely. at the same time, like. You know, it, it it it's an opportunity now. That's a real opportunity. Like like you said, when you went to Adelphi, it was like the land of the misfit toys, right? Like yep. at Limestone, like I you know I can't even tell you all the amount of transfers and different types of people we had coming through the halls there in the locker room, you know. And then, you know, I I used to like sit there and joke about it. Like you know, my first year there, I was like, where are the bleachers? Yeah. Like I mean, there's no bleachers. Like it was like a rope that went across the field, <laughs> yep. and and it, but we were still really good. And it was just like that that vibe you had at Stone back then. And then, like you said, carrying on to the tradition of of, of being becoming better, right? Like mm-hmm. in Limestone just kind of – they kind of, you know, my last year our, our whole motto was called Restore the Order. And Coach Serino yeah. came back from WNL and, like, came back from my senior year. And I was like – he was my third head coach in four years. You know, I went <laughs> – I was like, man, what at this – What did you have? What did you have, I had, Coach Hasbrook? And Coach Johnson, um, T.W. Johnson, Johnson yep. was my first. He recruited me there, and then uh, Has took over, and uh, he was two years there, and then, <clears throat> and then Coach Serino came back, and and Serino came back and just gave that structure. That's all we yep. needed was structure, you know. And and I still remember the six guys from like Nassau Community transferring in mid year, and like these guys, and I'm like, man, this is great. Like this is the limestone that I got recruited to, and this is like. Yeah. 
you know, who we are. Well, you so had, you had Roger Weiss on that team, didn't you? Yeah, in uh, 04, in 05. So with yeah. Johnson and Hasbrook, we had Weiss. And then um, we had, I mean, we had David Wooster as well from yep, Annapolis, yeah. who was just a complete stud. And then Nolan I mean, Havener, those yep, guys were Nolan, good, man. It, and I remember Cap thought Nolan was going to end up coming to Adelphi and he ended up going to you guys. Yeah, his yeah, because his brother went there. Yep. Exactly. It I was crazy. I think we put yeah we played you guys in Maryland and you guys blew our doors at, off at Broadneck. <laughs> yeah, we played and it was it was Cap, uh, yeah that was a good game. Yeah, it was a great game. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. It was amazing for you guys. <laughs> and then guess what? We had to drive to the airport, get on a plane, and go spend a week in Florida with Cap playing no games. With Cap, great. yeah. So yeah, think about how, those were good practices. Oh, they were awesome. They were awesome. <laughs> Wes Green made it fun for everybody. Oh, yeah, he's a, he was a blast to play against. I love that guy. That guy, yeah, he was he was. We had fun playing him. against each other, man. We played against yeah. each other that that year. That was 05, and then 06, yeah. we played against each other in the in the World Games. Yeah, and, uh, when he was Aussie and I was in the Iroquois cage, and then uh, that was fun. That was a fun ride, man. That well, yeah, man. Talk ride. about that. So talk about that. Talk about. Um, you know, playing, getting to represent the Iroquois Nation and playing for them, and yeah. talk about your path there, that experience, how much that you know meant to you, getting a chance to. And I think you know everybody you know always says like, hey, you know, getting to represent your country, um, you know, means so much. But I mean, yeah. having the opportunity to represent the Iroquois, you yeah, know, in in the game that you know your heritage invented, I yeah, mean, it's got to take on a little bit more of a more yeah. of an emphasis and a meaning. I think for me, it was like, it was almost like affirmation of like the native that I had growing up and like not living on the reservation, but like playing with the guys off the res all the time. And like knowing that I had ties to, to the Onondaga people and, and my grandfather's Onondaga, the Snipe clan, and, and just like having people that I hung out with all the time and, and people that were my family that I just didn't, <clears throat> I didn't grow up on the reservation. I grew up off the res. So I was like mm -hmm. a city Indian you know, city, you know, and just a guy that was like, you know, different, you know, cause my mom was white, my dad was native. So it was just a little bit different vibe. Um, but like, for me, like when I got that call after, after the, the Oh six game against Lemoyne, like we got blown out and, and I still remember getting a call from the, the Iroquois nationals like that next day saying they wanted me to try out for the team. And, uh, the world games were that summer. And I said, geez, like, I don't know, like, you know, I don't know, like, you, you know, I didn't know what to say. And I went to the tryout in Liverpool and, and at the high school there. And, and I, I, I made a good, good first impression and was able to, to get earn the, earn the roster spot to go to Nike out in Beaverton. And uh, mm -hmm. we went to Nike headquarters like two weeks later and got to experience that whole thing, trained at the Bo Jackson facility. That's before yeah. like Nike was into lacrosse. You know, and like guys were just like starting out, like Nike was just starting out, like Sam McCracken just launched the the N7 movement, you know, and, and the native movement with Nike. And it was like this time and I was like a 21 year old guy, you know, so I was yeah. like just like in awe, right? Like yeah. the Nolan Ryan building and stuff. I was like, this is great. And, um, you know, it, like that experience was unbelievable for me. And then like just reaching back into my culture. And like kind of kind of getting tied back into the traditional side of of the Haudenosaunee people and, and what the longhouse meant and and just being being around those types of players just like just opened my mind more and open open up everything for me. A lot of doors opened up after that, you know, and being able to play with that team. <clears throat> I was on the team in 2010 that didn't get allowed to go to England. Yeah. And uh and then finished my career in, in 2014 in Denver you know, winning a bronze as a player, you know, and then I got to coach the the U19 team in 2012 over in Finland that beat team USA and, yep. um, you know, be on that road. And like those guys now that were on that team are all studs. Like, yeah. more, like Lyle Thompson Absolutely. was on that mm -hmm. team. Brendan Bomberry, Randy stats, yep. like Zach Miller was on that team. Like some guys that were just guys, you know, were on that team and Seth Oaks, like some of these dudes that, that played, for years after they're like players of the year, all world guys, like just, just mad, you know, like Johnny Paulus was like a pro already playing in yeah. U19, you know, like, yeah. and, and it's yeah. like, just like Warren Hill was in the net, just studs. Right. Yeah. And it was like, um, now I see these guys, they're all professionals and they're just crushing it. You know what I mean? It's just awesome. Like I remember playing with, mm -hmm. 
with, uh, you know, Cody Jameson and Jeremy Thompson and those guys back in 06. And they were like young, like young, still at OCC. And, and, and uh, you know, seeing how they progressed. Sid Smith was on that team. You know what I mean? Like those – and that, that just shows you the evolution of the Iroquois team too. Like, like the presence now with the social media and like the acknowledgement of it being, you know, indigenous and the only indigenous team that competes at the world level. Yep. You know, back then it was like, oh, a bunch of Iroquois guys out there running around playing lacrosse. Now it's like, no, this is like real, like prestigious. Like this is a big deal. We got, we have kids that want to wear that jersey now. You know, back then they're mm -hmm. calling guys to try and try out. You know, now you got to like kind of be like, hey, you know, either you yeah. want a spot or you're not going to get, you know, you got to show up, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's great. It's really, it was a great ride. Yeah. And, Speaking to that, I mean, I, I was in college 2008 to 2012, so just after you were finishing up college. And one of my friends in college, he was – we were just hanging out. We decided to make a club team, and he goes, yeah, I played for the U19 Iroquois team. And I was like, no way. And I love this guy to death, and he'll admit it to you. Like, he would never, ever get – he wouldn't even get an invite these days. Nowadays, and, you know, yeah, nowadays, you know, his name is Forrest Cox and he's a great guy. He played club at Michigan, but he just admitted he's like, I would never, ever get an invite these days. It's, like they were still grabbing guys. Like if you were a good lacrosse player in high school back then and you could prove like you were you were native, like, you yeah, had, you had a shot. Yeah. And nowadays it's no, you have to like, you got to seek them out and they have to still want you. And it's, yeah, like it I'm a part that. of the the staff for the U20 team that's going to mm -hmm. be in Ireland next summer. So we, we went through that whole process this past year uh, that was supposed to go to Ireland in this summer for the U19 games. And and that's been an unbelievable process. I mean, these these kids that we're getting, the guys that we're, 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 we're being able to, to identify, it's just crazy talent. It's like, it's crazy. It's just depth. It's good. So it, it totally is a totally different dynamic than it used to be. And um, uh, and culturally speaking, I mean, it's just you playing for the creator, man. You're playing for your people. Yeah. You're not – it's not about it's so much like beating a team by so many goals or going out there and, you know, you know, just winning a ton of games. Yeah, you want to win a gold medal. That's like a – yeah, you want – we all want to do that, right? Like want to be world champions. But at the end of the day, you know, it's about having a good mind and going out there and with a free spirit and being able to play the game, you know, and, and, and uh, enjoying yourself while you're doing it. Yeah, and you brought you brought it up, and we've we've talked about in the past. It was one of our more popular episodes when we talked about the World Games and everything that's coming up with that. You being on the U twenty staff, how how involved are you, kind of in those discussions? You know, you also being a D two head coach. I I don't know how many people on staff within you know within the Iroquois program uh, are out there like you are coaching, being involved in the lacrosse, like you said, off the res, like just being very broad, being involved. So what kind of things are you hearing about? Are you bringing to the table, you know, stuff like that? Are you, are you thinking big picture and, and yeah, I mean, we, we've launched, they've launched the, you know, development program. So it's basically U15, U13, U17, all the way to U19, then senior men's team. So that's, mm -hmm. that's a brand new, uh, brand new venture. Uh, we also have an Iroquois national alumni group that we've just starting to put together, putting the framework together where, we're going to be doing some native mentorship for for youth and, and 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 figuring out ways where we can help these guys that are maybe U19 guys that are looking for a home for college and then they're looking for maybe placement after college for jobs and internships and things like that. So, you know, we're trying to set people up, you know, so that we can take care of the next generation. And that that's that's where our, our entire goal is right now. And, and it aligns with you know, our cultural goal as well is taking care of what we have, you know, taking care of Mother Earth, taking care of our people and just taking care of us and, and just be trying to be the best people we can be. And and I think, um, you know, bringing some ideas and concepts, I think obviously the 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 biggest thing is just the, the you know, the college organization, you know, that, that it takes is big, you know, and Coach Bevel at Cortland's uh, one of the coaches with me and Coach, uh, Coach yep. Burnham is the head coach and we got Colin Lyons who played at Albany and, you know, he's, he's a young up and comer that's, that's doing a good job. And, um, you know, a couple other guys, Jimmy Barnes, who's the head coach at Salmon river. He's working with us too. And mm -hmm. he's put out a heck of a lot of players and, and it, it's a really good group, you know, and um, we're just trying to get, you know, stay, stay as, 
you know, we want to be super organized and just, you know, have the calendar six months in advance, be ready to go. And, and that's like the big goal right now. And just making sure that we're, we're, we're staying on top of these guys. And, and, you know, the COVID obviously puts a huge damper on a lot of our stuff. Cause a lot of our guys are over in Canada, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's tough, but, yeah. uh, but for the most part, you know, we're just, you know, bringing to the table, I think, you know, goaltending is a big one too. You know, I don't, I don't know. There's not many native goalies out there uh, with the field experience that, that some guys have. I know we've had a bunch yeah. of guys come through lately um, and we're trying to kind of stay organized with that as well and try and key in on that position, key in on the defense position, right. you know, cause we never had a chance. We, we never have a problem scoring goals. You know? Well, I was going to say, yeah. you've always been known as goal scorers. You yeah. Know, that's, that's been, I mean, it's just the way that you guys play the game. But at the same time, I always felt that they took guys that were maybe not as good of or as skilled of scorers that could play D and they just popped the pole into their hands sometimes. And it's like, hey, guess what? You're playing defense now. And and you took the words right out of my mouth. It sounds like the talent's never been lacking, but now it's the most organized version of Iroquois lacrosse that there's ever been. Yeah. And it's just it's it's just going to continue to get better. We're just going to continue to get better. And. I don't think that there's going to be a time when we're going to get worse at this point, like right. the leadership we have. So it's good. Yeah. The developmental program alone. I mean, having, you know, younger, younger, you 13, like that's, that's just a huge improvement because if you get polls starting at that age, even, oh, yeah. you know, it's going to be playing against these guys playing offense. It's going to be absolutely insane. They're going to see, it's going to be a great thing for, for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be awesome, man. We're, we're, we're just, we're really super excited about it. So it's good. I wanted to go back to um, D2 for a little bit because I feel like, like you said, D2 is kind of no man's land in, in a way. And I think part of the problem with that is when, when I talk to recruits or possible recruits, they always say to me, all right, well, this is a D2 school. What are they like? And they're trying to compare it or quantify it with like, all right, well, which D3 school are they like? Or which D1 yeah. school are they kind of like? Yeah. And it's kind of hard to explain to people that like the top end D2 overlaps with like the middle of D1 and like the same thing, like they are D3 schools that could play with D1 schools. So there is not one way of looking at it. Like it's not fluid. It's not like D1 stops here and then D2 yeah. starts. It's not, it's not yeah, like that, that. Yeah. And that's got to come from, you know, exposure right of the division you know and that was part of the reason why i i started launching this this national d2 showcase a couple years ago and and i wanted to get kind of some some just some exposure to the division a little bit on the showcase side right and then from there goes to you know okay now kids are like all right well you know i i never heard of this school but it's in an area of the country where i really like it so let me let me take a look at it this coach is calling me a lot okay let me let me really take a look at this thing you know, where in, in the past, I think it was just a fallback, you know, for some guys. And, and you know, sometimes it was a fallback for guys that weren't really good enough to play Absolutely. D2. Like, and they thought D2 was where it was at. But, like, then they get there and they're yeah. like, whoa, like, I, I didn't know I had to run sprints <laughs> and lift weights in the morning. Wow, this is it's crazy, you know. Yeah. So, um, I think Division Two, you know, being a D2 product yeah. and being a guy who's, like, in it, like I'm a D2 guy, it's in my blood now. Um you know, I think the coaches are the big thing right now, and the quality of coaches that we have in Division Two is, is excellent gonna, right now. And it's just keeping. I didn't know there was going to be such a high level of talent. Yeah, <laughs> it. It I mean, it just keeps getting better, right? And you know, when you're in conversations now recruiting, right, with with four Division One schools, yeah. you know, and maybe one other D two, like now you know, like okay, well, that's this is where we're supposed to be. Like this is where we're supposed to be. This is the type of conversations we're supposed to be having. So, you know, I think I think it comes to the education from the high school coaches and the club coaches to start pushing, you know, Division Two as a viable option for really good players and student athletes. Like not just like, oh, well, you didn't get the looks from the D threes you wanted, so you better look D two. You know, like it's like, mm. no, I can't be that man. Like you gotta you gotta make sure you're doing your homework too as high school and 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 coaches in the club level to make sure that you're you're educating your guys that that this is a really good option for you yeah and i think part of it i mean it's that that ship has kind of sailed now but it used to be the whole like you said there were a lot of even at the d3 level there were a lot of part-time coaches and Mm -hmm. it's hard to be taken as seriously when that is the standard 
and it's yeah. like an exception to have a full-time coach or even a full-time assistant but that's certainly not the way it is anymore i mean you know ryan had a tremendous support from his school you sound like you've got great support from your school and obviously the schools support the coaches that bring in recruiting numbers year after year and, and yep. you know yep. it's it's a, it's a catch-22 you got to earn the support but yeah. you know that's no longer the case so d2 is certainly a, a very viable option and i think ryan and i have kind of committed him being a d2 guy i was an nai d3 guy like we've committed to our podcast definitely showing off a lot of the non-d1 options for people because those guys get enough love already <laughs> they don't need any more pats on the back yeah no doubt no just to kind of like piggyback that i mean marty said it i mean the uh you know, the level of coaching at the division two level now is it's phenomenal. I mean, you look at, you know, you're talking about D one studs as players that have committed to coaching at the division two level and are doing a really good job at it. And you're also seeing, you know, I mean, across the board, there's parity everywhere. Like we were talking about before. I mean, the, the level of coaching has, has gone up the level of commitment across the board from institutions has gone up. And, and, and I think it, it, it's so important too, with, the sport growing the way it is it's just giving more exposure to to all of these different programs and allowing you know good lacrosse players to have opportunities that they may not might not have elsewhere i mean mm -hmm. just division two as a whole i mean how many how, how much growth have we seen in the last 10 years in terms of schools adding programs you know in the south you know in the midwest even out west you know in colorado um you know, just hope to see that growth, you know, continue. And from what I've heard, you know, there, there are going to be some more colleges adding as, as it goes. I mean, I hope that, you know, from a budget standpoint that, you know, these schools don't get scared away, but, you know, hope to see more yeah. schools getting it over the next couple of years. Well, it's funny you mentioned that too, the adding the programs and the budgets, right? The biggest problem for some of these schools that add is they, they do the smart thing. They add it in an area where it's not saturated already, you know, like a UIndy, right? You're like the only D2 in that little pocket. So mm -hmm. like if you're from Southwest Michigan or wherever, Northeast Illinois, like that's the spot. You can mm -hmm. go there real quick. You're the only show in town. And then same thing with those schools, like um, who am I thinking of over in St. Louis? The newer Lindenwood. schools, Lindenwood, and then you Maryville. got the newer Maryville. Yeah. And um, it's it's the same thing. Like if I were to add a D2 school right now, I mean, I'd, I'd, I would pray being a Michigan guy that, you know, somebody like Grand Valley would add and then you got a public D2 school. And that's yeah, that's borderline, un borderline unfair because yeah. that doesn't happen a lot. And unfortunately for Michigan, the entire conference, most of them are D2 public schools and none of them have varsity lacrosse yet, but you know, yeah. Grand Valley's got that girls program, which is doing pretty darn good every year. Yeah. So. yeah. so it's something I hope to see in the future, but obviously it doesn't, like I was saying, Ryan, it's a catch 22 because you add it because you're in this, this perfect location to get recruits and you're the only show in town, but then your travel budget is outrageous because mm -hmm. there's just yeah. not a lot of D2 schools like West. Of yeah. Even you know, seventy-five. Yeah. Yeah, it was nuts. I mean, even for us, like in in Tennessee, you know, we were the I think we were the furthest west team in the SAC. You know, so it, everything everything was an overnight. Every trip outside of Tuscaloosa was an overnight. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. And then you got to throw random schools on your schedule, like us. You you got to throw some D threes NAIs on there just to yeah. fill out the schedule and not blow out your travel budget. Well, then you gotta you gotta you gotta play Florida Southern in a mud pit in a midweek game. It's it's you know what it is though too at the same time is like Florida, the 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 Florida conferences too like this SSC we have. Yep. Like we we literally can go to St. Leo in forty minutes. Yeah. Off the road and then like go to Tampa in forty minutes with no traffic. It's yeah. like so now you got this 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 rivalry just already built in to the yeah. conference. And that's where I think the the beauty of this conference really elevates the player's experience is that it's not just like a it's not just like a you know I don't know I don't even know like a it used to be a post tech thing right or like a Adelphi Lime or Lemoyne right like those things well it's kind of Adelphi versus everybody but that's, that's <laughs> at least everybody in the Northeast thought they were rival to Adelphi back you know but but now it's like down here man like it's real like it's yeah. serious like it's, it's like fun. it's fun lacrosse to watch like, yeah it it's tough it's tough 
so fun to watch. Like, it, it, like it's I mean, fun, man. It's yeah, fun. It's fun to watch, man. I can only imagine what it's like to coach in and the environments that, you know, as it's, as it's grown, as it's growing. And then I even know, like, I mean, now Florida tech has that field on campus. I mean, it's been a couple of years, but, um, and the field, you know, they, they, they have to do some work to it, but you know, the, now there's actually a home for them on campus. So they mm -hmm. have the opportunity. So it's creating an environment for them. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's, uh, it's a great conference to watch. I mean, top it's, to bottom, I mean, everybody's, everybody's good. Everybody's it's awesome. Good. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome, man. It's just fun. And like, like when I got here, it was like us rounds and Leo. Yeah. And well, and you're all, all elevating each other because yeah. as the programs grow, it's like, what are those guys doing over there? Now those guys are real good. What do they have? Let's get that. And then it just mm -hmm. keeps pushing, pushing everybody higher, you know? Mm -hmm. Rising tide lifts all here ships. In Southern, we don't worry about anybody else. We can't <laughs> take what you get. We can't. We're in Lakeland, man. We're we're Lakeland, Florida. We, we're the we're the uh, we're like the us and Leo. Like Leo's a little bit closer to Tampa. I get. I don't even know. It's up the road a little bit, but like Lakeland is like just a unique place. It's in the middle of Central Florida, like in the middle of the state. Like, and we got thirty national championships at Florida Southern. Yep. There's a reason that the school it attracts like solid student athletes like yeah. academically and and culturally there's just something about it um and it's just fun man it's fun to see the progress yeah. you were talking about off campus right like we were off campus for nine years like playing at dreadnought stadium yep. like that that's that's where we were we practiced yep. in a church parking lot like yep. in between the church and then when, when I first started working down here we were at like Dobbins Park down in downtown Lakeland like yep. it was like a city park like yeah. and, you know like now we finally have a practice facility like oh. we have 12 years in so it's yeah, it's it's like coker man coker played in that park you know, yeah and, yeah and I, when we played them somebody went on the field the night before and did donuts did donuts so, yeah you remember that yeah, but, i heard, heard all about it it's wild how how things have changed and i mean it's just uh you know it's awesome to see the growth and awesome to see yeah. how um you know, just how, how the rivalries are growing. D2 as a whole, man, it's a fun place to be in. It's a fun place to play. And yeah. like, it's it's no joke too, man. I mean, and and just even not just from a lacrosse standpoint, sports in general. Yeah. I mean, you talked about it with, you know, with the other teams at Florida Southern. I mean, I remember those basketball teams that won the national championship. I mean, those things, those teams were sick. Oh, yeah. I mean, like we we are pretty, our teams, again, like preseason ranked sixth in the country. They were yeah. fourth in the country last year when they got yeah. shut down. Like they won a title in 2015 you know so it's it's in our you know it's just it's just awesome man it's just yeah. a great place and then it's just division two in general yeah. i think you can find your fit in d2 you Absolutely. know you could find your fit you know you can make your home you know you don't have to like try and be somebody you're not and go fit in at some huge school and then all of a sudden you're like i shouldn't have done this you know like go to a d2 and like the coach is going to want you like the mm -hmm. academic advisor is going to know who you are like that's a good yeah. thing you know, yeah. it's it, it's good to have that commitment level from the other side. Yeah. Cause then because then the student athletes like, all right, well, they're committed to me like this, then I'm committed to them like this. Exactly. You right. know, and that's that it's that meet me halfway mm -hmm. type of type of thing, you know. And not every every, every school is different, but you know, D two the the top ones it, it seems to be that way. Yeah. For sure. Ryan, you got anything else, man? I mean, man, we've been I, crushing the yeah, D two topic today. So <laughs> now listen, and and this isn't just this isn't a D two convert. This isn't a D two question. Okay. Did you think, you know, all those years ago when you when you were up in upstate New York, that in 2020, right now, you'd be a head coach in Lakeland, Florida, of a or Florida in general, or Florida not in a, general. Yeah, not a chance. Like in uh, when I was graduating high school, mm -hmm. you're saying like that yeah. that time. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't know where I was going to be the next six months, yeah. you know? So like when I went to stone, that was a change. Like yeah. that was a huge deal. When I went to limestone, like that was like no one from my, my area went down there, like no one. So then when we came back up my sophomore year and we played Lemoyne at home and it was my hometown and had all these people there and we won the game. I still remember the next day that was on the front page of the paper and my grandfather bringing it to me at the hotel going, look at this, you know, cause my grandfather's like blue collar Syracuse yeah. 
West Side, like, you know, <laughs> like the guy, right? <laughs> and and he, uh, you know, he was just so proud, like, of that whole situation. So it was like this weird thing, like, because I could have stayed home and played at, like, I could have went to a SUNY school or, you know, walked on somewhere up north and, and did what I had to do to make a roster. I wouldn't have had a problem making a roster, I don't think. But, like, you know, going down south, you know, was just, like, different. And I used to love those road trips back up north because I'd yeah. be like, I'm just doing something different than other kids are doing. Like all my boys are playing at, you know, whatever Cortland or Geneseo or, you know, their D1 Hobart or like other places, Binghamton and stuff like that. But like, I'm, I'm down in limestone, South Carolina, you know, it's fun. So like, I, I never would have imagined getting into coaching like this until, until I got done with college at Limestone and Serena, Coach Serena told me to take a head job at Heathwood Hall in Columbia, South Carolina, a private school, a high school job. I took that job. And then as soon as I took that job, I said, I want to get back to college. Yep. I got to get back to college. Like, and, and I was young enough where I could take that chance. I had a couple other interviews that summer for some schools up north, but it was like small stuff. And, and then just got the opportunity, man. And when I got the opportunity down here, it was just like, man, like this is this is it. Like this is you're in Central Florida. Like this is D two. Like this is perfect. And like my AD at the time was awesome, Pete Meyer. Like he was a baseball guy, but his dad was a football coach, DePaul, for like years. And uh, Indiana guy, blue collar, tough dude, and um, kind of groomed me for my first ten years, you know, as a coach. I still remember walking in the office after we went eight and seven my first year. And I was like, do you want me to come back? <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> so he come back for a couple more years. Like, you know what I mean? So it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So, so let, let me ask you two follow-up questions on that. One, you know, you always talk about how it was different for you to go to limestone com compared to everybody else and all that. So what is it that brought you to limestone? I think opportunity brought me to limestone before anything else. Um, you know, I didn't have the greatest academic track record. My last couple of years of high school, I had some family situations occur where, you know, school wasn't the most important thing to me. Um, sports still were, but like school wasn't. So um, limestone gave me an opportunity. I think um, that some of the other schools that were recruiting me couldn't have gave me at that time. Um, you know, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, I think it was the only school that really, you know, offered me at the end of the day, a spot and, and it's got a little bit of a scholarship to sign. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, my family, we didn't, we didn't have anything. So it was like, you know, Hey, they want you, you know, and, right. and Coach Johnson called me, you know, that's been the days when they can only call once a week, but he called every Tuesday night or every Wednesday night. I still remember that. So, um, it was, uh, you know, him and Coach Lattimore that's at Boston now, who's at Holy Cross and was at, mm -hmm. you know, he was an upstate New Yorker, so he recruited me pretty heavy too. So it was it was the coaching staff got me down there. And then and then, the, and then once I got down there and met the guys, it was like game over. It was like a bunch mm -hmm. of lacrosse, lacrosse nuts. And I was like, this is great. Like, I can do this. Yeah. Never met Maryland people before in my life until I went to Lattimore. <laughs> it was fun. And then my other question is, you, you played goalie at a really high level, obviously, playing internationally, playing at Limestone. So uh, I, I don't know how to word it. Obviously not the scariest, but who is your least favorite person to to get shot on by, you know, in a game situation? Or what was the one guy that that you just didn't want to see shooting? Like in pra like anything? Practice? He, games? Whatever? Period. Who's the one guy you're like, I really hope this guy doesn't shoot? <sighs> I mean, it's guy. I mean, in practice, it was Roger Vice. I mean, just the guy had a cannon, you know, and just sick. rip it, you know. So, sick. had to be Roger in practice. Um, no one in, no one really mm -hmm. in the division that it was like fear of like, oh, I don't want him shooting. But uh, uh, internationally, like my first year, I mean, Gary Gate and John Grant Jr. were on the <laughs> attack, and you know that was interesting. <laughs> um, so. I think that that was uh, that was probably just you know shocking all right there you know right. playing playing with those guys but uh, pure survival uh, mode yeah yeah I think I think Roger I would say Roger Vice and then his uncle at the international level was on the team too Corey Bomberry mm -hmm. who had a cannon like a hundred and ten mile an hour shot before they clock shots you know like and and he used to rip it pretty good too so that whole family. 
the Bomberries, Roger Vice, awesome. the Vices, man, those guys could could really sling the pill, man. That's awesome. And then one thing I'm sure people are want to hear about. So you're in a you're in a very unique spot where you know, I mean, recruiting is has really it's it's gotten crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're the U20, you're on the U20 Iroquois staff. So you get to see these guys before we've ever heard of them, right? Because we're we don't hear about them until like unless they go to Albany or Cuse and yeah. they blow up. And a lot of times we don't know that they're native. You know, there's no way of us knowing that right away. So who are a couple guys that are going somewhere and are kind of like the next generation, some of those guys? And I know you don't want to get their heads too big or anything like that, but are there a couple guys that are, you know, maybe they're in college right now as freshmen or sophomores that definitely we need to pay attention to? I mean, for for me, I think it's a lot of it is still, I mean, obviously you guys know that the studs, Mm-hmm. The guys that are playing right now, I think Aiden Ferns, a faceoff guy from yep. up north, that that's going to come out and be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the, you know, I don't know, he's not on the U nineteen team, I don't think, but there's a young man out in La- out in Lindenwood right now, Mason Homer from Lafayette High School, that that uh, got a lot of talent at the D two level. Um, you know, there's some other guys I'm probably leaving off. I'm not, I'm not great at like tracking right. too yeah, many yeah. dudes. Um, but like, um, you know, we got a lot of guys that are going to be guys that can make plays at the next level. Um, it's just gonna, it's gonna come down to their commitment level to, to get in there, you know, and, and stay and stay in the path and staying focused, you know? Absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I think I speak for everybody that we can't wait to see it and we hope, yeah. you know, we hope to see it at the next world games and whenever, whenever we make this happen, it's supposed to be what in Ireland this time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Limerick or something like that. So yep. yeah, hopefully, hopefully I can convince the wife to let me go watch. But we'll see. Maybe we'll, everything's online nowadays, anyway, right? Yeah, right. All right, Marty. We we certainly uh, appreciate your time and and your insight into everything. It's definitely been way different than any of our other conversations. That's yeah, for sure. Uh, it's awesome catching up, brother. Yeah, yeah. It's been, I appreciate it's been it, guys. Yeah, man. I'm excited to see you guys play in the spring. I'm excited to see everything, man. You guys are doing an awesome job down there. And um, it's awesome to see all the success you're having. Looking forward to seeing more success. And you appreciate know, it. You guys are doing an awesome job and you're doing it the right way, man. It's, it's appreciate awesome. it. We're, we're just staying the course, man. Keep the faith and have fun. And um, through all this craziness that we're going through, like just, you know, just. I just think like just try and get better a little bit every day. That's you it. You know, man. just not not even just in sports, but just in life. life. So um, you know 1% better every day. I, I appreciate you you both, Nick and, and Ryan, getting me on the show. And and I appreciate you guys uh uh taking the time to uh to to talk to me tonight. And I think I think um some good some good nuggets came out of this. 